Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me today is Jordan Blackwell. Uh, we both returned from Wembley and we watched Leicester City go down, fighting to, to be fair, mm-hmm. uh, 3-1 defeat at uh, the hands of Tottenham Hotspur. But uh, it was a day of uh, lots of talking points, wasn't there? <laughs> a lot of controversy around the, the, the game before and during yeah. the action as well. So we're going to try and di- dissect all that for you now. Uh, but we have to kick off with the big talking point before the game, during the game and after the game, was Jamie Vardy and yeah. uh, Claude Pell's decision to leave uh, his main striker, his talisman, his top goal scorer, on the substitutes bench. And uh, it did certainly cause a stir before the game, didn't it, John? Definitely, yeah. And I think you could you could sense it was a decision that um, riled fans. I think you know, not only on social media, but even when Vardy was warming up, ready to come on. With, we had the fans in the corner chanting hallelujah. Mm. Um, so, yes, it was, it was a big, big call. And we've, it's the first time, really, that... Vardy, you would say, has been dropped. Obviously, he's missed games for through suspension and injury before. He's been on the bench when he's had sort of fitness issues. But this is the first time where he's been 100% fit and ready to play, um, and has not been in the starting eleven. So yes, a big call, um, one that probably didn't quite pay off. I don't think, um, but it was a call that. Well, obviously, felt he needed to make. Well, let's put it into context with the full what's been happening over the last week or so. There was uh, Vardy was seen on the pitch after the Man United game, aiming a verbal blast, shall we say, because I don't want to repeat the words, yeah. in somebody's direction on the pitch, and and behind him was Claude Pearl talking to Paul Pogba. Now, many members of the media then decided that they thought the it was aimed at Claude, and it may well have been. Yeah. It may well have been, but we don't know for absolute certain. Um, but then he was asked in his press conference on Friday before the game at Spurs if he had any sort of problem with his relationship with Jamie Vardy. He said, absolutely not. He said, if anybody disrespected me or the club, then they would take some sanctions against them. But there is no problem with Jamie Vardy. But then he throws a bit of fuel on the fire by leaving him on the bench yeah. at Tottenham. Now, we can only deduce why. I mean, all I, I, I think is that he's trying to send a message. He's trying to send a message to Jamie Vardy that if you challenge me or you, you do... Um, disrespect me then I will even if you're my main man I will drop you for a game and that's to send a message to the rest of the dressing room that I'm in charge I think that's what Claude's done yeah but you don't drop your top goal scorer do option to come in and replace his face Those, those, if there wasn't any kind of sort of punishment or retrospective action towards that, because what does that say if you can call the manager those words and still start mm. start the game? Um, but yes, you've, the only other options are as we saw Gray played up front, not really a striker, and we I mean we've discussed this, but he's not really got that striker's instinct. He's 
got similar attributes to Vardy and with his pace, and he did make lots of runs in behind. Um, and it wasn't like he was completely anonymous, um, but he didn't quite have that striker's instinct. And then the only other option really would have been Ian Acho, who's you know terribly out of form, although did do pretty well when he came on. Yeah. Um, so yes, the, because Leicester didn't sign a striker in January. Um, and Claude actually admitted in his, in the last press conference that a striker is one of his top targets for uh, for the summer. Uh, but because they've not got that striker now, Vardy is the is the only is the only player they can play there. I would say so, certainly if they want to have a, a you know they want to have a big impact on the game. But that wasn't where the controversy ended with Jamie Vardy, no. was it? Because he came on uh, in the 60th minute, and just as he was about to come on, Madison goes down in the penalty box under a tackle from Jan Vertonghen. take the penalty and misses so it, it, all, it was all going on wasn't it yeah. really I mean there's a lot of debate about whether Vardy was right to, to grab the ball there's a lot of criticism of him for, for doing that because he was completely cold he hadn't touched the ball in the game he literally just come on the pitch and grabbed the ball um, where do you stand on that? Uh, my, I, my sense is that it was the correct decision that Vardy took the penalty I certainly had more faith in Vardy taking it with his first touch than I would have done had Madison taken it had Madison obviously missed his last two um, against Cardiff in the league and in the penalty shootout against Manchester City and then beyond that there wasn't really anybody else on the pitch that you would feel is a penalty taker now Tielemans took penalties for Anderlecht mm, you said that during the game but, perhaps Tielemans was an option but it's his but first game I'm, not, I'm well. not sure you can yeah, ask a debutant to take a penalty um, at Wembley maybe he wouldn't have felt so much pressure and it would have been fine but I think Jamie Vardy It wasn't a bad penalty. Lurie it wasn't just a terrible right penalty. Way. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't as close enough to the corner as, as Vardy would have liked, and as his penalties usually are. Um, but it wasn't tame. He, he did hit it fairly cleanly, just not not towards the corner. And Lloris, as he as he seemed to do all, all game, just denied le and denied another Leicester player. Yeah. Um, so that obviously is going to be something that's going to be rumbling on. I imagine we've got two weeks now to the next game. I'm sure the press conference before. The next game, there'll be more questions aimed at Claude Puel about uh, Jamie Vardy. But let's let's move on because it it did detract really from um, what was I thought a very good performance <laughs> yeah. from City, and they, but they lost. Completely mistimed a pass, but after that, I thought he was excellent. And it, that, that through ball for Harvey Barnes in the uh, who we'll get to in a minute as well. We'll discuss Harvey Barnes in a minute. Um, that through ball was uh, superb and just goes to show what we've been crying out for, for for weeks that some creativity in midfield. Yeah, I think that there was a clear lack of that, and Tielemans on first viewing seems to have, have filled that uh, filled that gap. I think there's a while if you looked at I mean I looked at the stats afterwards and. They were similar to Mendy's in a sense that there was the same proportion of forward passes, about the same completion uh, rate, same number of chances created. I was comparing to Mendy against Manchester United the previous game, but it was the it was the quality of the passes. It was 
it felt like Tielemans was splitting lines with his passes. And like you say, that that pass to Barnes with a chance in the first half was a perfect example where he's played it through the, the midfield line and the defensive line to get a Leicester player in behind. Now, Mendy's not... Uh, I think Mendy gets unfair criticism in, in some cases because that's not his job. His job is to, to keep the ball ticking over and he does that very well. Um, but he's, his forward passes are simple passes to, out to, the, to Ricardo or Chilwell, whereas Tielemans was getting on the ball, was linking play well, was... Suddenly knew things to play a quick one-two with Ricardo and Leicester in, uh, and got one back. How many so passes were in that move? Nineteen passes. Nineteen passes. Now every, you, every outfield player involved as well. Before we came on air, you said to me if that had been Man City, or was it somebody said something to you? If that had been Man City, they'd be yeah. purring over that goal. Yeah, I mean that's the, that, I think that's a, a sign of it's something that Leicester have really lacked this season. We've seen we've seen so many times, near, nearly every game, how Leicester struggle to. Break. Deep defence, and obviously by conceding early and allowing an opportunity to sit back and defend their lead. Um, and normally, when that's the case, Leicester don't really seem to have any ideas and don't know how to get behind them. But they're faced with a, a really good defence in Spurs. You know, lots of international European um, class in their back line, and they've been patient. They they knew when to speed it up. You know, Tielemans involved, every player involved. It that that for me was the sign of. A, a real sign of progress that they managed to fashion that chance, and you know that it wasn't just a wasn't a chance that Vardy took. It was a chance. Um, so yeah, that, I'm impressed with that, and I think that's the that's one of the positives that they can take um, forward. And I think it's the fact that Tielemans was involved in that as well, which says that he probably needs to, to keep starting for the rest of the season. Well, on that note, with that goal, whilst we're just quickly discussing that goal. I don't think Demario Gray would have made that run that Vardy made. That was a striker's mm. instinctive uh, run yeah. across the defender to get in front, to get to the ball first, low cross. He anticipated that ball coming in. That's why Vardy yeah. is still the main striker at Leicester City and should be should be starting. Yeah, spot Forget on, the yeah. penalty that he missed. It's those little runs inside the box, feeding on little scraps around the, around the penalty box that uh, stands him above the other strikers at the club. And it has to, you have to say as well, if um, Claude is opting to go with... Damari Gray as a number nine and I like Damari I think he's a good player but I think he's better he's more comfortable wide in his usual position but if he's opting to go with him as a number nine what message does that send to Shinji well Shinji Okazaki knows he's out the door at the end of the season his contract's yeah. up but back to Kalechi and that show that uh, he's, he's looking at really really a versatile forward rather than an out and out striker to, to play ahead of him yeah I think I think with Ian Nacho there may be we may see his position change in that I think because of his because of his lack of form in front of goal, he may be moved wide. I think the role of Leicester's wide players has become slightly different over the course of the season, particularly now Barnes is playing. Because the fullbacks get forward so much, they don't need the wide midfielders, if you like, to be wide men, because they're going to have Chilwell and Ricardo bombing on anyway. With Barnes, he's always cutting in and always getting into the box. So really, you could play Ianacho on the other side and get him to do the same thing. You know, get him to play on the on the right hand side, almost kind of like a, a wide forward, and then it would be, I suppose, it would be a four three three then, um, and maybe that's where Ianacho's future lies because obviously with all Brighton out, there are now fewer wide options for Leicester, um, so maybe we'll we'll see him play there rather than up front, and that would be an easy way to get Madison Vardy and Ianacho in the same team 
um, which I know when they were all playing well at the start of the season, that seemed to, mm. you know, everyone, the, there was a dilemma on how to get all three of them in the team. Um, but that I would say that's the, the method. But I still think that, yes, Gray is better probably on the right-hand side um, of, a, of the front four, if you like. On Ian Nacho, I think he needs to go play in the 23s and score some goals again, get some confidence back, because I think his confidence is shot. I think he just looks like mm. when he's on the ball now, he's, he's, he's hiding away in situations. I think he needs to feel that, you know, the ball hitting the back of the net again, get that confidence back, and then we'll see him in. But let's talk about the chances that were missed, because that was the, 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 the uh, big negative for them. It was the chances that were missed. But coupled with that, I mean, Xavi Barnes had several of those chances and didn't take them. I thought Harvey Barnes was a massive positive for Leicester yeah. City as well. The way he was directed, the way he ran at the defence, the way he was... Uh, he gave Kieran Trippier, and the England right-back, a torrid time mm. during the game. He constantly got... He was highlighted as well on Match of the Day too, yeah. wasn't it? How how much joy Leicester had in wide positions with Barnes and Chilwell, who was outstanding, bombing on down the left, and then uh, Ricardo when he pushed forward from right-back down the right. And uh, But Barnes himself, I, 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 if, if he's gone away thinking... Of, I've let the team down, I've missed chances and whatever. And he stops doing what he was doing in the game and he loses a little bit of confidence. I think that would be a, a massive shame. He won't be the first striker to miss chances. No. And uh, he's a youngster as well, so he's got to learn. And it, it was a big game as well. It's the third Premier League start. He's starting at Wembley yeah. uh, against Tottenham Hotspur, who are going for the title, challenging for the title, trying to challenge for the title, against a World Cup winning goalkeeper. It, it's a massive yeah. step up for him, but I think he should take massive encouragement from that display. Definitely, I think there's a, you know, there is a real directness to his play. Um, the the getting into positions to have the shots is the hard part. So I don't think there's too much for him to worry about because he's doing he's doing the hard part is then adding the the easy bit on the end, which is 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 finishing. Um, so yes, I think the fact that he's getting into so many good positions, some of the runs he were ma- he was making. Um, you know, he was really, you know, he was really challenging Spurs defenders. They were intelligent runs. He got the timing spot on every time. Um, he knew when to commit players. He knew when to, he knew when to lay the ball off. There was a couple of times where it looked like he was going to goal again, and then he cut the ball back to the edge of the box. Um, so yeah, I know. I think he, he can be really, really pleased with how he played, other than the finishing. Um, but I think there's obviously there's room for improvement there. I think. With a little bit more experience and a little bit more confidence, that's when he will improve in his finishing. I think Alan Shearer pointed it out on on match of the day too that he didn't for the one on one with Lloris, which was his best chance. He didn't look up um, and he just kept his eyes on the ball the whole time. And I think that's the sign of a young player playing at Wembley, mm-hmm. as you said, in, you know, against a World Cup winning goalkeeper. Um, the goalkeeper would lie down for you in the championship. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, Lloris stayed yeah. on his feet right to the very end. Yeah, and I think that's you know those sorts of scenarios. You know, maybe in six months' time, he's going to be receiving the ball with his head up, looking at where the goalkeeper is, looking at where he's positioned in terms of the goal, and he's going to be able to finish that that chance into the corner. Um, so yes, I think he can certainly be. There are certainly so many more positives than negatives for Barnes' performance. Yeah, but there was. Uh, let's look at the, the, the whole situation. Um, there were so many positives from the performance as there was against Man United, but still they got nothing out, out of the mm. game. Now it's one point that's five games now. Yep. They're in the bottom half of the table. They've slipped down the table. It hasn't been the most productive period in terms of results and points on the board. Might be with the performances, as you said, some of the performances, some some of the players developed. We feel with Tielemans certainly coming in, that's added a different dimension. But he really needs to start getting some results now, doesn't he? he really get start getting some points. We know everybody knows that there's a, a large section of the supporters that don't want Claude Puel as the manager anymore. 
but the only way he can silence those, whenever, and he probably never will, but the only way he could answer those is uh, by getting some points on the board. Now he's got a great opportunity in these games coming up now after this little break. Yes, nine ga- next nine games, Leicester don't play a single top six team, uh, a single top seven team. Um, I think Watford, the, Watford away is the most difficult game in terms of standing. We've got Palace at home, Brighton at home, Fulham at home. You know, they they are games that a team with top half aspirations would expect you would expect to be winning. But they're the games. They've but they're also in, the games they? they've struggled in. Um, Is there more pressure on these games than there was against Man United? And- yes, there. Yes, I, there are definitely more pressure because at the end of the day, no matter how well Leicester played at, at Spurs before the game, nobody was really expecting Leicester to get any points against a, a title challenging team. Um, but yes, they would expect. I think most people would expect. Leicester to beat Palace at home. Um, the bonus now is that when Leicester have played these sorts of games in the first half of the season and struggled, uh, they didn't have Barnes and Tielemans, um, who have both shown, even in their few appearances, have both shown that they, they can have a significant impact in terms of creating and making Leicester a, a better, a more threatening prospect going forward. Um, so it I don't want to to say the two key players are two 21-year-olds, one who's only been at the club for a, a couple of weeks, but they could make the difference when you're comparing it to the first half of the season. Well, we've got all the reaction to uh, Leicester City's defeat at Tottenham Hotspur on Leicestershire Live as well, and we'll bring you all the uh, stories coming out of King Power Stadium as we build up to the next fixture, which will be Crystal Palace in two weeks' time. So enjoy the break, and we'll see you again next time.